Hey, everybody. Kevin Grossman, president of Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards. There is now less than one month left for the 2020 Candy Benchmark Research Program. Still plenty of time for companies to participate this year before we close the 2020 surveys and determine this year's Candidate Experience Awards winners solely based on their Candidate Experience ratings and the data. You can learn more by going to thetalentboard.org. Enjoy the podcast. The bit that I'm finding particularly interesting at the moment is using things like virtual events to create peer engagement. It's an incredibly convincing way to help candidates understand more about your business and what it stands for if you can introduce them to people that already work for you. It's just a, a totally convincing um, way of creating a sort of engagement that sticks. You're listening to the Candy Shop Talk podcast brought to you by Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards Benchmark Research and hosted by Kevin W. Grossman. Talent Board is the first nonprofit research organization focused on elevating and promoting a quality candidate experience. The Candy Shop Talk podcast welcomes Ali Hackett, director and co-founder of Meet and Engage, an award-winning suite of candidate experience technology for employers and a proud Candidate Experience Award sponsor. Listen in on how improving candidate experience impacts recruiting and the business bottom line. Allie, thank you so much for joining me on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. Before we dive into the rest of this show, can you please tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do today? Yes, I certainly can, Kevin. Thanks for having me. So I guess for the last 20 years, I've worked in talent acquisition and employer branding. And then right back at the start of my career, that was working in the agency world. So one example uh, is an agency that I work for that's now become kind of part of the TMP and Talentbury family. But I moved quickly in-house, worked across a number of different sectors, so banking, finance, engineering. Before moving in-house, I guess my focus had always been around the attraction stage of the recruitment process. And, and with that move in-house, for me, it was a really great opportunity to learn a bit more about the end-to-end candidate journey. And I remember finding it, I suppose, totally surprising that the whole experience seemed to actually be quite disjointed and I could see clear gaps where candidates would drop through the net or were disadvantaged by a process that didn't seem quite right. So if we kind of fast forward to today to meet and engage, uh, each of the three products that we've developed work to create a really fantastic candidate experience. And the business is very much a response to the challenges that I experienced firsthand during my time working in-house. And today we work with 60 or so large employers in North America, Asia-Pac in the UK and Europe. So brands like Diageo, Amazon, Deloitte, all very different employers, all with different challenges around volume recruiting, attracting scarce skills, but all definitely with also a focus on engaging with candidates from diverse backgrounds. And for me, as a co-founder, my role is to make sure that we're delivering really great products and services to the market. And also a very important part of my job is to nurture and develop our wonderful team. That is, that's fantastic. And I, it's very exciting to hear what you've done in co-founding Meet and Engage. And we're going to talk more about the, the organization and, and the, the offerings that you have to the market. The, the thing that I, we see every year in our benchmark research, Ali, is that are these perception gaps, the gaps between what employers think they're delivering versus what candidates actually are experiencing at the end of the day. And yes, there's subjectivity obviously baked into our own 
perception and assessments at times of what that experience may be. But it is pretty clear that especially on the front end of the funnel, as we call it in talent acquisition, of when candidates are just are finding out about a business and a brand and potentially a job that they're interested in and then actually applying for that, there are definitely some gaps. And that's where as, as far as most candidates get at the end of the day, right? The only a much smaller tier will get screened and interviewed. So why don't we dive a little bit deeper into what Meet and Engage does offer? What challenges you're helping your customers overcome? Give us that one, two, three punch if you could. Yeah, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll try and do a one, two, three punch and a kind of, we've got one, two, three products. <laughs> See, there you go. And they, <laughs> there you go. So they all do slightly different things, but actually you can still group them together and say that actually all of our products solve challenges around um, this virtual world that we are kind of very much living in at the moment. And we've kind of accelerated our, our uh, journey into that. So the first product is a live chat platform. Um, so you can run virtual events. And very much as you were saying there, Kevin, about that engagement at the top of the funnel, the front of the funnel. So one great example is you can replace your campus activity with virtual events using live chat. It's a great opportunity for candidates to come and try on for size, find out a little bit more about you as a business. You can also use live chat virtual events to keep candidates warm through a recruitment process. So, you know, Q&A is about an assessment centre or what to expect expect next in that process. The bit that I'm finding particularly interesting at the moment is using things like virtual events to create peer engagement. It's an incredibly convincing way to help candidates understand more about your business and what it stands for if you can introduce them to people that already work for you. It's just a, a totally convincing way of creating a sort of engagement that sticks, the kind of social proof that goes alongside that. And then also within live chat, you know, you can run things like recruiter, drop in so candidates can drop in and chat with a recruiter so again the challenges at the moment that we're seeing in the market are uh, candidates feeling anxious not understanding what might be happening with the job they've applied for and so on and so forth this is a really great way of staying connected with candidates so that's live chat our second product is an onboarding platform so how to create a virtual automated onboarding journey again incredibly relevant for the time we find ourselves in now it takes candidates from the point of offer, job offer to 90 days post start. And it's an opportunity for employers to automate a candidate journey in something that feels uh, quite social. So wall posts, videos, those sorts of things. You can invite people to come along and um, meet the team. So the candidates who are moving through that onboarding process can meet the team before day one virtually. And we've also baked in things like uh, an FAQ, new starter chatbot. So it really is everything in one place to provide a really slick onboarding experience. And then finally, um, we have a chatbot proposition. Our chatbot is a workflow-based chatbot with custom tools, loads of different use cases and, and challenges to solve. So you can use a chatbot on your careers website to help candidates understand either more about the organization, the brand, or simply to help match them quickly with a job. Um, you can use it to replace some of the ATS journey, say to abstract that journey, and we would then inject that information straight into an ATS. And then also maybe midway through a recruitment process if you want to replace something like a telephone screen with a, a chatbot screen. Again, that kind of automation, uh, efficiency, but also a really nice mechanism to kind of deliver some of your employer brand messages. So those are the three products, all kind of slightly different, but working in harmony and all solving challenges around kind of, you know, physical versus uh, virtual. One of the things that we've seen 
on the increase over the past few years too in our benchmark research is the onboarding platform and the growth of the onboarding platform. And we also know that the more individuals who are actually going to be hired who accept those offers at the end of the day, the more engagement that they have with the organization as a new hire prior to their first start date. And of course, you know, extending into their first 30, 60, 90 plus days, it's kind of a, a nice way to help improve retention out of the gate to at least that's what we see in our data and our research. I'm curious, Allie, it's always fascinating to me when co-founders and their name selection for their organization. So, you know, you obviously went a, a very, very clear, concise, literal direction, right? With meet and engage. Can you just tell us a little bit about how that came about then? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're... <laughs> I kind of, uh, you know, I like that phrase. It does what it says on the tin. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, through through my career and working in uh, talent acquisition, working in employer branding, to me, I'm still a solutions person. I'm not a technologist. And to me, being really kind of crystal clear, I don't like jargon, being able to describe accurately what you do. So we have so many people who say, oh, that's really sensible. I really get it. Um, and likewise, with our onboarding platform, we've called it Timeline because it's timeline based and it works on, you you know, the kind of learnt behaviours around social media and scrolling and so on. So I just think, why complicate something when you can make it really clear for people? That And that's, no, that's why I'm asking. I love it. I mean, I think, yeah. it, well, because no, I mean, sometimes you can get, it's really hard naming products and companies these days, right? I mean, there's a lot of, of names that have been snatched up and have put somebody slaps trademarks or copyrights on them and it's hard to use them so to be able to be as clear as possible about what it is that you do in the name is not you know sometimes it's not no easy trick even though it may seem that way so yeah yeah absolutely and and the reality at the end of the day as well kevin is that um, when we when we started the business there was only two of us so it wasn't really hard to get a decision pushed through (laughs) (laughs) sure right well listen let, let's shift gears a little bit and talk. Obviously, we've all been living in a pandemic for the past almost six months now. And nobody mm. plans for a pandemic, at least for the rest of the world. Obviously, it was already affecting China at the end of last year. And now it's impacted the rest of our worlds. And, you know, again, who plans for a pandemic, right? And we've had to, mm. to really, all of us, and adapt really quite quickly on many different levels. So it's, it's really helped to accelerate that shift to the more virtual digital candidate experience, right? And in the technologies that we employ today, automation, 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 that's what we're hearing from our candy community, companies that have maybe have leaner, thinner recruiting teams now because Mm -hmm. they've curbed recruiting and hiring for a while. So how has it impacted from your perspective and what, what are the trends that you're seeing as well continuing on? Yeah, absolutely. So no surprise, employers are swapping out the physical for the virtual. So you can see that in some organizations where they've kind of inserted point solutions, I guess. So um, maybe they had a blended process previously. So an example would be an organization, you know, quickly starting to use video interviews. So they're, you know, almost bolting on different technologies to start to quickly build out a stack that they didn't have before. To me, maybe where things are a little bit more interesting are for those host of organizations who are actually quite sophisticated anyway in their tech stack. They've got a well-curated recruitment tech stack and they're asking themselves, you know, actually, how 
can we take this to the next level? Sort of in prep for our session today, I did some research across our, our client base. So it's lots of different clients, lots of different sectors. You know, generally, mm-hmm. they are all substantial organizations who have big early careers programs, you know, big volume hiring programs, um, as well as kind of fighting for that uh, niche, um, scarce skills talent. And I sort of identified a few areas. So those kind of three areas, three trend areas to me are around, um, firstly, personalization. So what does my audience want and need right now? And how can we be nimble and give something that is relevant and helpful? So a kind of good example is in the consulting space, we've seen some of our clients run really brilliant skills-based uh, sort of live virtual events using the platform for students around how to build a great LinkedIn profile, um, personal branding, you know, that kind of thing. And then also using technology to break down barriers. You know, there are always depressingly shocking statistics around young people from disadvantaged backgrounds losing confidence through a recruitment process. So how can organisations provide digital love, care and attention? You know, these are the organisations that will be remembered positively when we come out the other side of this into whatever new world will emerge into. So I guess that's sort of my first observation trend-wise. Second would be around how organisations can layer on sort of additional thoughtful comms into their processes. So trying to keep candidates informed, but actually understanding that we don't have all the answers ourselves right now about start dates, induction, you know, all those sorts of things. But actually, how can organisations stay close? We've seen sort of a bunch of our clients use things like our one-to-one live chat where candidates can drop in with a question and gain some reassurance. And and feeding into that is the fact that, you know, it's organisations trying to make themselves as accessible as possible. So whether you do that through a live chat or a chatbot, but just remembering that candidates or, or indeed all of us at the moment we're juggling with our work with our home with our family you know organizations can be proactive and let the candidates know they're going to be online at a particular time in the evening ready to engage you know different times of the day in the evening and then finally sort of I suppose my final observation and it kind of matches in with with what you were saying just there Kevin is automation and in some examples actually kind of pivoting uses of automation to my previous point we kind of need different information at different times apart from working with employers we work with a number of RPOs and MSPs and one of them had a meet and engage chatbot and they used it to share information with their contractor base so they had 10,000 contractors uh, to cover some new legislation but actually as soon as we were getting into COVID um, they quickly adapted the content to answer questions that contractors had in light of COVID so they could provide something that was kind of super relevant super up to date and around the clock so to me those three areas are sort of the trends that we're seeing across our client base in their efforts to get things right for candidates. Allie, speaking of candidates, and this is something that I've been talking about for a few years now, but as a candidate, unless they're in the actually in the HR recruiting technology space, most candidates otherwise, they don't care about what the technology stack is, right? They don't have no idea. It doesn't matter. What they care about is being engaged with, being communicated with, and then giving closure, of course, if you're not going to pursue them any further. So what's what's a best practice strategy? Give us an example of for employers when they're looking to connect, engage, and communicate with candidates virtually. I mean, I guess to my earlier points, you know, it's understanding what candidates want from you and employers generally at this time and finding a way to 
give it to them. So if, uh, as an employer, you're considering running virtual live events in terms of um, to fit into your engagement strategy, four tips would be, number one, get the tech right. I mean, clearly, we're a tech company, so please consider our tech. But also ask yourself these questions if you're kind of looking around the market. So consider a platform that's brandable, because to your point, Kevin, you know, candidates don't really care what they're engaging with as long as um, it feels smooth and sensible and you're not asking them to jump through hoops. So consider a platform that's brandable so it feels as if it's sitting, you know, within your infrastructure. Think about, you know, automation. So can you automate the pre and post event comms? So there's a really slick process for the candidate. Maybe look for some flexibility in the functionality of the technology. So maybe you want to run a really simple moderated Q&A for some sort of informal drop-in sessions, but also considering something perhaps like live streaming to create more impact, get a guest speaker, that kind of thing. And yeah, make sure it's super simple to access because, and obviously from a cell phone, because candidates don't want to have to jump through hoops to engage with you. They, they shouldn't have to. Um, the second tip is like absolutely consider your content. So what's interesting to the audience. And if you're not totally sure uh, and you're trying to run a session for software engineers, then ask the software engineers in your business and then bring the right people in to engage. So from a candidate perspective, what's going to work well for them? So one of our consulting clients ran a session for parent returners. They ran it at eight o'clock in the evening because that's when kind of they anticipated the kids would go to bed. You know, the second part is getting the right people from the business. It's great to have recruiters to sort of concierge an event and answer questions, but, you know, invite colleagues relevant to the area of recruitment and let them share information about their career journey, answer questions, those sorts of things. And, you know, candidates absolutely love that kind of peer-generated insider information. You know, it's a kind of glass door scenario. And then I guess to finish, I would just say, make sure that however you're running your virtual engagement strategy, that you're learning from it. So build in time to review transcripts if you have them available to you. Look at the questions candidates ask and feed those back into your, you know, top of the funnel engagement strategy. We know that all those things that you were just outlining again, when there is more continuous communication engagement with candidates driven from an automation perspective, as well as human interaction that always increases the overall positive sentiment, especially since the volume of people you're not going to hire in the first place at the end of the day, most people you don't hire. And then it also increases their overall perception of fairness. It's always exciting to hear. And speaking of uh, something a little bit more specific, can you give us at least one brief example of a customer that you worked on. You touched on a couple of things throughout this podcast, but of a success story that you can share with us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there are so many really cool success stories at the moment to maybe just mention too briefly. You know, these are examples of brands getting right under the skin of their audience. And to me, that's what it's all about. So uh, one example, Herbert Smith Freehills, global law firm, EY and Allstate came together as employers and ran a session in um, Northern Ireland, actually for for parents of school leavers to just help them understand what was happening in the market. You know, they are key employers in the area and they wanted to give something back to the community, give them the benefit of their expertise. So I just thought that was a brilliant thing to do. And then also something a little bit different. And this is just happening at the moment, actually. Accenture in the UK are using our technology to run a session. So normally they do a month 
long conference for um, people of colour within their Accenture UK community. And they couldn't do it face-to-face this year for obvious reasons. So they translated it into what they've described as a week of learning. And they've had some amazing guest speakers come and live stream, incredibly powerful speakers talking about, you know, their own experiences, um, high profile personalities, business leaders, those sorts of things. So, you know, in terms of creating advocates for the brand, um, it's been a, it's just such a brilliant thing to do. So there are so many examples I could go on, but yeah, I'll stop there. Uh, no, that's all right. No, that, that, and it's always great to hear. And Accenture, by the way, is a past candidate experience awards winner too. So it's, yeah, good, it's great to know that you that you work with them and um, that and, and have helped them in their success. Because really, you know, it's nice to, to think of the sentiment as having happy candidates and happy candidates, if it's for, especially for consumer-based companies can make, mm-hmm. can make happy customers, but it's really just more about the, their perception of fairness at the end of the day. If, if the candidate feel, they're bummed if they didn't get selected, but if they feel like it was fair and they were engaged and communicated with throughout the process, that's, that's the win at the end of yeah. the day. That will, could potentially encourage even those candidates again to apply, again to refer others, and then again to either make or influence purchases if and when applicable. For B2B companies, you know, the big universal there is just the referral at the end of the day. And if a, mm-hmm. if a rejected candidate is willing to make a referral, that's a win for the company. Yeah, for sure. So what I, what I like to do to round out the podcast, Ali, is um, because there's so much great information that you shared with us today, but we're always working, right? We're always working. (laughs) It's always about work. And you, you know, are co-founder of this company and you're always working all the time. I'm always working all the time. What else does Ali like to do besides work? (laughs) Well, um, I guess in the last few months, and I probably won't be the first or last person to say this, you know, I think we've all had to enjoy some of the simple things. So, you know, cooking a really lovely meal. Um, I like going running, you know, reading, spending time with my family. So um, I've been doing a lot of that. And actually where we are based in the UK, we are still on a local lockdown. So we've now been uh, in lockdown since March. So we haven't had any schools. Um, We've only had essential shops. So we have had a very pared back existence for a period of time. And I think, you know, before COVID, I travelled a lot. And to be honest, I haven't missed that. <laughs> so it's probably been a bit of an opportunity for some, you know, reflection, which has been good. Um, but the thing I'm totally looking forward to is spending some time in uh, North Norfolk, which is our sort of um, nearest stretch of coastline. So we're right in the middle of the UK. So we have to drive a few hours, but it's a stunning coastline, beautiful beaches, big skies, pine forests, delicious seafood. So I keep thinking about, you know, long walks, cold white wine. <laughs> I'm thinking about it all the time. So really keen to sort of do something like that. And then I I suppose the other thing that I would uh, dearly love to get back to is some of the social mobility work that we were getting involved in as a business where we've partnered with a local school and we've been mentoring some of the young people there. And my sense is when the academic year restarts, and hopefully it will in the next month or so, you know, whatever that looks like, that this kind of support will probably be more important than ever. So uh, it's quite a humbling thing to be involved in. Um, So I'm I'm really looking forward to getting started with that again. 
Well, that's fantastic. We just started school and it's all distance learning for us. For our okay. we two, two girls, nine, well, going on 10 and 12 now. Actually, in fact, my youngest has been reminding me all week that it's her birthday this week. So yeah. <laughs> uh, reminding us, but she, but yeah, but no, we've been, and we've had, you know, you do what you have to do, right? And, and we've, as a family, we've, you know, we've lived fine together and now we have the work school compound going again. And that is, that's what we do, but I, I really like that social mobility endeavor that you were talking about and, and that yeah. initiative. So th- yeah, that's something definitely you want to get back keep. into it. Yeah, that's great. Well, Allie, listen, thanks so much for being on the Candy Shop Talk podcast. Um, really appreciate your support of the candies as well and look forward to uh, hopefully meeting you in person someday. Yeah, exactly. Imagine. I know, right? <laughs> thanks so much for having me, Kevin. It's a All pleasure. Right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Candy Shop Talk podcast. For more information about Talent Board and the Candidate Experience Awards and Benchmark Research, visit www.thetalentboard.org.